Welcome to the Jill on Money Coronavirus Market Update. We are recording this at 4.09 Eastern Time on Wednesday. It is the 22nd of April. It's Earth Day as we record it. Hey, Mark, you know what I just did? Just walked up and down my block and picked up garbage because I felt like it was the only thing I could do for Earth Day. How about that? Okay. So if you have a financial question, we are here to help you out. Our email is askjill at jillonmoney.com. I think the, the big news of the day is what was expected, essentially, that we had the Senate vote for that replenishing of the Small Business Administration loan programs, the PPP They had uh, $310 billion that is put into that plan. Of that, $60 billion is going to be available for smaller lenders, and half of which is for those with uh, less than $10 billion. And obviously, that's going to help. Another $60 billion for the uh, disaster loan program. I mean, look, this is going to run out just as quickly. I bet this runs out even in less than 12 days. But uh, according to the Treasury Secretary, Mnuchin, he said that, sure, the debt may be important, but they're going to spend what they need to spend, which just lets you know that just like there are no atheists in foxholes, there are no deficit hawks amid great, horrible recessions. Mark my words, no one's going to worry about the debt and the deficit, and then they are, and they're probably going to be stupid for worrying about it. So don't worry about it, all right? Good. Okay, Roger is our first emailer, and if you've got an email question, just send it to askjill at jillonmoney.com. He says, I have around 600,000, and then he writes in parentheses, or used to, in a managed account. They charge a 1% management fee. I would like to move it in the same brokerage to a non-managed account and not pay the 1% fee. Is this a bad idea? I'm not planning to sell anything. I just don't want to pay the fee. And of course, not getting active management. This seems like a good way to avoid fees and let the account sit still. What do you think? Good idea, bad idea. Thanks. Love the podcast. You know, Roger, it could be a good idea. Are you going to do something stupid though? I mean, one thing about a managed account is sometimes it can prevent you from doing something dumb to yourself. But if the person is not really doing much for you and you've lost confidence, then what's the point, right? Check out your different options. And maybe it's that you had a bad manager, but just know you're doing it yourself. And so you only got one person to blame. Uh, Tom writes that he got $2,400 in his stimulus check. He says, is that a good, is it a good idea to put that money into a retirement fund? You know, it might be. Let's think of it this way. Do you have any outstanding consumer debt and do you have six to 12 months in your emergency reserve fund? If both of those things are satisfied, sure, no problem. Put it into a retirement account. But just remember, I really want to emphasize this. If you don't have enough money in your emergency reserve fund, this would be an excellent time to make sure you do. So don't put any money into that retirement account that you think you might need, right? Okay, great. Suzanne writes, you keep using the word rebalancing lately, and I'm not sure what this exactly means. I think it means something like moving your retirement money from one fund to another based on lifestyle changes or as you get nearer to retirement. Okay, so... Actually, what rebalancing is, it's a way to keep your 
asset allocation in check with what you've laid out. So when you think about rebalancing, it's not timing the market. It's actually the opposite of that. Let's say that you, Suzanne, came into 2020 and you said that you would like to be a balanced investor. Um, Maybe you've got 50% in stock mutual funds and 50% in bond mutual funds and some cash. But because the stock market maybe went down dramatically, at the end of the first quarter, you find that your allocation is out of whack, that all of a sudden you are no longer 50% bonds and 50% stocks. You are actually, uh, let's call it 40% stocks and 60% bonds. So if you were a rebalancer on a quarterly basis, all that would mean is that you would force yourself to actually take money out of your bond funds and move it into your stock funds so that you would be at 50-50 again. So it's the opposite of timing the market because what you're doing is you're forcing yourself to sell the asset that has gone up in value and moving it into the asset that has gone down in value. And so rebalancing is a way to keep that asset allocation in check. You can do it once a year, maybe twice a year. The most you would do is four times a year. So that is how we would do it. And uh, by the way, it is also kind of cool because right now, many big investment companies allow you to just check a box that tells them how often should we rebalance. So with a retirement account, maybe it's once or twice a year, maybe a non-retirement account, just once a year. Because the non-retirement account, obviously a little bit trickier because you might have tax liability. So let's see, Joseph writes, I enjoy your podcast and enjoyed your book immensely. Oh, thanks. Just a question slash comment. My wife and I are both 70 years old and retired at age 66. Mark, hold on to your hat. Let me tell you what Joseph has. We are fortunate with $7 million in qualified and non-qualified accounts and social security of nearly $90,000 a year. My planner does something I don't think you have mentioned or I missed it. Each year, once he calculates the required minimum distribution, he cashes out enough for the entire next year for us to live on and puts that into CDs. I got annoyed when he did that at the bottom in late 2018. Pretty happy when he did it the first of the year, so he's even. He told me he does that to avoid being forced to sell in a down market. Is this a strategy you use? I don't actually uh, use any strategies anymore since I'm not giving financial advice, but I love that strategy. Essentially, it's back to that strategy of any money you think you're going to need within a year, you keep in liquid assets that are not going to get in trouble if markets turn on you. Essentially, if you know that you've got an RMD that's coming up and you know you could put it in a high yield savings or money market or a short term CD, but I think that's great. It's really, it, I think it's really, really smart to do. So uh, kudos to you and kudos to your investment advisor. Tony writes, thank you for your informative article on stimulus monies, but I have a question. My daughter and husband have two children in college and who are college age 19 and 21. They claim them as dependents. Are they entitled to stimulus money? Nope. Nope. It's a weird donut hole. It's so, it's so annoying. 
Oh, it wasn't from Tony. It's it, it was Patricia. So maybe Patricia and Tony share an email account. Sorry about that. Anyway, the if you claim your kids as dependents, you don't get the money as a kid check, the 500 bucks, and the kids themselves don't get any checks either. So I don't know. I feel like that was a, a big miss, you know, or, uh, something that we probably should have anticipated was going to be a problem. Okay. Rick says that their 2019 tax returns were processed by TurboTax. They've got a $400 federal bill, which we agreed to pay April 15th. Will that amount be taken on the 15th of April or July? Well, if you process your 2019 returns, your payment's not due till July 15th. And that is really good news. Okay. Here's a question I got, Mark, from a friend of mine. So I'll just end with this. This is uh, somebody who is managing a nonprofit And they found that they have way extra money in their checking and savings account. So they ask, can we transfer to a 15-month CD offering a higher interest rate? And some board members are expressing concern about transferring money to a small regional bank, but it is FDIC insured. Are we safe? Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind that when you don't hear about a bank, especially in shaky times, people freak out. As long as there's FDIC insurance, you are fine as long as the amount is under $250,000. So go ahead, move the money, collect that extra interest, especially while you can. So that's it. That's uh, that's uh, where we got today. When you wake up in, and you get this in your feed and you finish up, what do you have to look forward to? Another day where we're going to report on weekly jobless claims. this morning, you will hear it. And um, it's not going to be good. I mean, even if it were good, it would be like good would be, oh, there's only 3 million more people who are claiming unemployment benefits. It's just shocking and remarkable. At some point, I think something's going to give. And I don't know what that something is. Either the economic data will start to improve or the stock market is going to go back down. We're not going to diverge like this for, for much longer. If you've got a financial question, an economic question, just send us an email, askjill at jillonmoney.com. And just know that we are here for you and we'll be happy to answer your questions. We are pretty jammed up and behind on getting to everybody. And I know that. And Mark knows that. But we're doing our best. So be patient. And why not? Let's just take patience as a good mantra for all of us. So be patient because we're now coming into, I don't know, the seventh or eighth week of of all of these sheltering in place, maybe for some of you less. Don't be too quick to get back out there. Keep washing your hands. Keep practicing your social distancing. Wear those masks. Be nice to each other. Lift someone up. Do something good that will make you feel good. That's why I went and picked up garbage today on Earth Day because I just wanted to go out and do something good. So be kind. We will talk to you tomorrow.